Alexa, what is the best podcast in the land? Here's pulling back the curtain podcast registered from Amazon Music. Playing the latest episode. This podcast is sponsored by Sumato Coffee. Sumato Coffee believes that coffee should be unique and high quality from bean to cup. Beyond that, it starts to become stale. At Sumato Coffee, they're incredibly concerned and transparent about when your coffee is roasted. That's why they put the roast date right on the bag. Pulling Back the Curtain podcast listeners receive a 20% discount off their order by using promo code BALLERSCOFFEE. To learn more about Sumato Coffee, please visit them at sumatocoffee.com. That's S-U-M-A-T-O-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. What's happening, people, and what you know good? We'd like to thank you for listening and spending your time with us. This is Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast, the most provocative, the most exciting, the baddest, baddest podcast in the land. We come with the dopest topics, hitting with the rawest opinion while giving you the straight-up facts. No fake news here. I'm Jules. I'm Press. We give sight to the blind, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, we pull back the curtain on life-saving methods and much, much more. Press, what's popping, baby? Jules, man. Happy New Year to you, my guy. Happy New Year to you, brother, man. How was it? Relaxing. <laughs> Needed it, man. Needed it, man. I'm talking about, man, you know how it is, bro. I have to tell you, you're a hardworking brother just as well. But, man, when you're burning that candle from both ends, man, sometimes something got to give. And it wasn't going to be me. So I fucking sat my ass down <laughs> nice. for once. Yes, sir. You know, you know, the body will tell you when it's time to, hey, we got to re, we got to recharge. We got to recharge. Let's sit in the house and not even wash up. Just sit there and do absolutely nothing and just recoup, man. This man sits and don't even wash up. <laughs> don't brush your teeth at all. Just sit <laughs> Lounge around in your in your jammers or your robe and, and do absolutely nothing but watch TV and eat. <laughs> My man said just wallow around in your film. <laughs> Jules, you're hilarious. <laughs> you, listen, you ain't even out, you ain't calling me here. You ain't even step outside. You just hey man, I'm in the house. But you know, <laughs> all jokes aside, but you need that, man. Like you said, life, life in general, you just going from place to place, taking care of business, life's family jobs you know all the miscellaneous other things you have to do build up uh, building stuff and your hobbies and your you know visions and all that just so much stuff that's going on you just need hey i need to take care of myself if i don't none of this will get accomplished no i mean that, and that's fair man that's fair what y'all end up getting into did you make it out to the lake house or you just kind of kept it chill in the, in the area no no i was out there working then but i got off at uh i got off at 11 so I made it home about 11.30, and then wife and I, we just did the countdown. We ate, had uh, pizza, uh, did the countdown, and she, she went to bed, and I was watching TV. That was <laughs> so, so, so what do y'all do when the ball drop, man? Y'all, uh, you know, have, a, like, a moment with each other, a little dance, and, and what, what, what's, your, what's your tradition there with the, when the ball drop? So she normally get the – we get these – uh, and uh, oh, not anniversary. Uh, 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 New Year's uh, streamers and like little things you turn in circles and make noise, and we got little glasses that light up, and so we share a little uh, champagne and did a little. I did did our New Year's uh, New Year's Day toast. Did the countdown, Happy New Year's toast to a prosperous and and a beautiful uh, 2023. You know, you know, embrace each other, have you know a little fun or whatever, and then. And that's it. That's it. 
I went back to I went back to eating and she went to sleep. She's like, all right, I'm going to bed. <laughs> yeah, she's like, it's past my bedtime. Yeah. See you tomorrow. <laughs> right. You know, because I was trying to um get her 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 mom and her sister over so they could spend, you know, they was in the crib by themselves. I was like, oh man, they should have been, they just came out and stuff. But you know, some people they just like the it's just another day, I guess. So well, you know what we say about that kind of thing. I, I can understand why people feel that way, but we are lucky and fortunate to have that other day, man. I I don't take these uh these New Year's for granted, man. Like I had a moment, nope. man, where I was listening to uh you know they played a Louis Armstrong song, man, and bro, I shed a couple tears, man, on um mm. on that, man. Just okay. thinking about people that you know are no longer with me, and I'm thinking back over the years of. You know, man, when I was coming up, like, it was a lot of, like, family and stuff. We used to be together when when they would drop the ball. And I'm looking around. I'm like, man, boy, more and more, man, these people, they're not here. People kind of doing their own thing. And, you know, it kind of right. made me sad for a second, man. I was just mm. doing a lot of reflection, Jules. So, man, okay. I, I don't take this stuff for granted, man. So I, I, I do understand how some people are like, ah, it's just another year. Christmas just another mm -hmm. year, man. Mm -hmm. The more the more the older I get, man, that's the shit means a little bit more and more to me, man. I just realized that. Oh, like yes, said, sir. That new year, yes, man, sir. it hit me this year, bro. Like for real. Like I was like, damn. I was sitting over there, man. The ball dropped, the music going. I'm like, man, I'm over here being a baby back bitch right now. Man. <laughs> man, no, I feel you, bro. Man, dude, I feel you. Like you, man, dude. I I agree with you. As as time get on, go on, as we get older and family and friends get older too, and some going to the afterlife you look back and reflect like man it's it's like we talked on the show before it's more than just new year's eve or just christmas it's 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 a meaning it's a meaning for all this and it's one of them things like wow i thank god for for i'm still living and still able to do things and 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 even though certain people are not here that i love but they still with me in spirit and i'm mm -hmm. just gonna keep 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 their legacy alive and you know keep keep i'm gonna keep moving forward and i'm not gonna take none of this for granted because no i'm not gonna you know you know this, all this is not gonna be in vain it's a purpose and a meaning and i'm gonna I'm see this thing in fruition and stuff like that so dude, it's it's real deep man and and, and man I, I you know brother I, 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 you know, and I figured, and it's like, dude, it's funny how we get older like this and just think of stuff like this now. And yeah. like, that's you know, not the shit, dude. When, when New Year's used to pop, bro, I was kicking it, partying, right? Like, you know, all that shit now, man. I'm more reflective, man. I'm like, right. Jesus Christ, what happened to me? <laughs> you know, what Mick used to Mick told Rock, Mick told Rock, you, you got civil. <laughs> true that that was the best <laughs> advice I've ever heard in the movie he was right <laughs> you get civil <laughs> but brother man we here though yeah we, we here, are man, man. And, 2023 and, and like I said audience man please wake up smell the coffee because mm -hmm. you, you just don't know tomorrow's not promised we saw what happened to brother DeMar Hamlin in the NFL game. Yes, Jules and I, God. we going to definitely get into that here in this discussion, man. But seeing that, Jules, watching a football game, something that we know is a violent sport, where we mm -hmm. see guys is slamming at each other at high speeds, every other play. But something about that game in that instance, man, it just kind of hit home with a lot of people and made them realize that, man, you know, this game that we all love to watch and always celebrate like the big hits. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Right. 
kind of mm-hmm. put these in perspective for us a little bit. Yes. We're gonna get into that in the show, but Jules, okay. I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life, bro. That shit was so unfortunate, tragic, and I'm just glad that that man survived because boy, that shit was scary. Right. And, and I'm also waiting to hear what you what your uh take on it because you played the game. You know, uh I I haven't I haven't I had the luxury to play the game. Uh it's not unless we just outside playing street ball but you actually be organized football. And I'm you know, I'm waiting to hear your 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 take on it, man. Yeah, and I got you and the audience. But hey, before okay. we get there, we got a listener letter. And I swear, man, Jules, I shouldn't have made the comment that we're gonna start doubling these things up because we got more <laughs> listener letters that came in. Oh my goodness. But you know what, audience? We may have to, at the end of our season, we may have to just do some, like, listener letter-only type episodes to get through these things. I told you, Jules, that we was capping them. These people ain't listening to us. They still send the letters. <laughs> Man, so, hey, you know what? You know what it tells me? They like they like our advice. <laughs> That's true. Or, or they just don't fucking listen. Yeah, uh, uh, I guess. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Y'all can be a little disrespectful because some of the people that that's not listening, just wait till you hear my advice to y'all. Can't Uh-oh. Wait. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> but this week's edition comes over from Vanetta. Okay. And oh, Jules. Vanetta says, guys, I'm on my second marriage, and my current yeah. husband and I have begun to experience issues. She said, We've been married for mm-hmm. two and a half years. And she said he was previously married for 13 years, and he's got two daughters from that marriage. He also happens to have joint custody of those girls as well. She says, I have a daughter from my previous marriage that lives with us. So we have quite the blended family over here. And she said, I thought we've done a really good job of blending our families together. She said, his daughters were very sweet to my daughter. We had a really good home. She said, but at times, his daughters like to remind my daughter that their father is not their father. Mm -hmm. In addition to this, my husband is not good at setting boundaries for his ex-wife. She said, when we started dating, He let me know that he and his ex-wife are still friends and whatever he does for her is for his daughters. Now she said, I can accept that. But she said, but when it gets to be too much, I step in to help him set boundaries. She said, for instance, I caught him sneaking and messaging her on Snapchat recently. And to me, that has nothing at all to do with his girls. She said, the latter issue caused a really bad argument between the two of us. And it was bad enough that law enforcement had to be called to our house to intervene. And she said, I don't like having the cops to my house. And to me, that is a sign that I may need to remove myself from this marriage. She said, the main thing keeping me here is that my daughter has become really attached to my husband. What should I do? Mm. Oh, well, Vanetta, I mean, she pretty much, she pretty much have, she pretty much know what she has to do. All this is, she just needs to just have a conversation. Just, just, just a clarification, a follow-up conversation on with her husband. He's a good husband. They've been together two and a half years. They have problems. All marriages do. You ain't nobody in the earth can raise their hand and say they got a perfect marriage. They're a fool. I got a bridge for you. And with that, with him, for his ex-wife, she's always going to be in the picture because they share two girls. So she's not going anywhere. But the boundaries is the problem that she's having. So she just need to have a follow-up conversation about these, these boundaries and also with the daughters saying things to uh, his to her daughter saying that that's not the real father. I mean, come on. Yeah, okay. We know that you, you know, 
definitely will need to keep reminding us that. So it's all just simple. All this can be resolved in a simple conversation, simple conversation and understand it because when you, when you guys do have this conversation, when you guys do talk, if he understand there's things going to be different, there's going to be actions behind it. Now, if there's no actions behind it and things are the same, then you, you can say, okay, I know what I need to do. You know, since he's not going to do anything, okay, let me, let me, let me do something different. Uh, that's, that's how I feel. I, 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 by the way, she's talking on here, her letter, so like she know what's going on, but just, just need just a little confirmation on what she should do. As I will say, just have a second conversation with them, let them know everything about what her daughters are saying to her daughter and also setting boundaries to the, the uh, ex-wife far as you can, you know, about the girls, no problem. But if there's anything extra in that, hey, what you doing? How you doing? How you smelling? What you doing? What you wearing? And stuff like that. No, we'll need that. But, you know, so <laughs> so I, I feel this this uh, this just this could be had this could be hash off with a uh, uh, with just simple conversation. So I'm going to separate mine out into two parts for Vanetta Jules. So the first part is the situation with the girls. Mm -hmm. Now, I can only imagine for his daughters, he's, you said that he had joint custody of them. So mm -hmm. they're probably pretty attached to their father is what it sounds like, right? Mm -hmm. Now you add another daughter to the mix who it sounds like your husband is doing a really good job of taking her on as his own. Mm-hmm. But you also have to understand that maybe his two daughters feel a kind of way about that, right? Right. I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure it's not easy for them to feel like they're sharing their dad with someone else. So what I would say is, I think there needs to be some sort of like counseling and therapy that's going on, family therapy, that mm -hmm. you might want to introduce to the girls and having your husband and you there. So that way everybody understands that there's not a contest, there's not a competition. That right. your daughter's not stealing their dad from them. Like you guys are a family. Your daughter shouldn't feel like she's less than because she's, you know, the stepdaughter. That's not fair mm -hmm. to her. Also, it should just be on you to have those type of conversations with your husband. So I think mm -hmm. for that standpoint, family therapy, family counseling, I think that needs to happen 100%. Like there needs to be like some sort of communication. And when you're talking about boundaries, I think that. First and foremost, his daughters need to understand that they're loved. Your daughter also needs to understand that she loved. She's loved. The last thing you want is your daughter to be walking around feeling like she's inadequate because they have their dad and I don't have my dad around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that would help clear that thing up. Now, the second part with my man, you know, doing the stuff on Snapchat and claiming like oh we're friends and this and that well which one is it are they friends or is he like sneaking and trying to have like communications with her because why can't he just text her from his phone True. why does he got to do this shit on snapchat now i'm not like a uh you know expert on snapchat but what i understand is some of the stuff that you send on snapchat doesn't it disappear or go away or something so to me if you catching him doing stuff there it might be a reason why he's doing it on snapchat and not just on his mm -hmm. regular phone because mm -hmm. y'all probably share a family plan you could probably see the messages or the times and whatever so my thing is the reason why i'm separating these two things out the family counseling that's for the girls and for you all to come together as a unit the second piece hey this this is a conversation that you need to have with him on what we're doing and you and your ex-wife does she still have you in any kind of way because mm -hmm. it seems like 
there's something about her that he can't like let go of. While you guys are dating, he's letting you know that we're still friends. And if he does something for her, it's for his daughters, which I respect because a lot of men in that situation, they get divorced or they get separated from a woman. They like, no, nah, fuck her. I'm only doing this for my kids. So in that instance, I respect when he's like, hey, if I do something for her, it's helping my girls, which that's a mature viewpoint. Right. More men should have that. However, it's the extra shit that he's doing. It makes me a little itchy and scratchy about your situation, but So. I would definitely, like Jules said, sit down and have a conversation. That needs to be reiterated on, like, hey, we're, what are we doing here? What is this situation? Because if it's bad enough that you got to call the cops to your crib, man, I ain't trying to have no cops right. showing up to my crib. Fuck that. Right. Man, I got neighbors. Right? Uh-uh. No, because right. the first thing they want to think mm-hmm. about is what he and that do. He ain't putting his hands on somebody. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want that. Right. That's embarrassing, and it's unnecessary. So I can understand her viewpoint there. So to keep that shit from happening in your home, have the conversation, have the discussion, try to figure out, man, what is it that this brother needs? Why does he need to be communicating with her? If it ain't about the girls and what we talk about. Right. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got to for you on that one. But maybe not just not y'all been married two and a half years. Now don't, don't just give up now. Come on, stay in there, hang in there. But I think yeah. that, a conversation with him about some of that stuff would be beneficial, but I think you all need family counseling to help those girls get integrated. Because some sounds like to me, Jules, it sounds like the other th- daughters, they're not all the way comfortable just yet. And we just got to work mm-hmm. to just get them to understand that, hey, look, we all a family here. Absolutely right. I agree with that. I uh, press that me- the mediator will, will do sufficient work with that because it's is needed because you know how girls are. I'm not sure the ages of these girls, but you know, they feel like somebody else is t- coming in on the territory. You know, mm-hmm. but exactly. You know, we all we all family, and we don't know the situation with her father. You know, and she and according to the letter, she's real clean. She loves she loves him. She really uh, you know mm-hmm. she really like being with him and, and as as a father, and and that's that was a void that I'm, I'm just by the letter that I believe she's missing. And she has a, fa- a father there. So I, I'm with you, bro, to, to just to wrap everything up with that so the girls can understand, like, hey, your father's not going to love you any less because there's another girl, a daughter there that he's showing attention to. It's just we're all a family now. And he's going to love her just as just as he loved you guys. So there's no, there's no love loss here. He ain't going anywhere. He ain't going to no. treat you guys any different either. So, and, and you know what? And that comes by. That comes by understanding and 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 and, and life and, and and just having a talking to. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think I think they're gonna be okay. I think they're gonna be alright because yeah, it sounds like so a beautiful too. family. Yeah, it really do. Sound like the modern day uh, Brady bunch over yeah. here. Yeah, just my man got a little extra stuff. <laughs> just got a little extra stuff going on, but we, you know, we we you know we ain't saying what he doing. I ain't doing, but we just let's 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 tighten up a little bit, bro. So let's just tighten up. Let's just well, keep the, the conversation short to a minimum about the girls. Well, we know Mike Brady. He has some secrets, too, now. So it happens. <laughs> they come like the Brady Bunch? Mike Brady? Who they talking about? Damn. Oh, hey, real ones know. Real ones know. Oh, yeah. Oh, and just like last week, uh, or, or just like a couple weeks ago, when we had our episode on Who Shot JR, I was uh-huh. right. It was okay. Kristen. Two of our listeners, they wrote in. They were like, hey, y'all killed it with that. They said it was Kristen. So... 
So Chris, is that is that is that his is that his brother's wife? Yep, the one that he okay. was having the affair with. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. And apparently he got her pregnant, and yeah, she was scorned. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that can do it. <laughs> so now we solved two cases. We solved who shot Jr. and uh -huh. who shot Meg. Ugh. Yes, both terrible, terrible. Our work is done around here, man. We are getting yeah. we getting it done around here, y'all. Yes, sir. <laughs> but, oh, man. But back to what you were asking me earlier when it came to DeMar Hamlin, Jules. I'll just oh, tell you this, man. man. I'll just say this. Watching that game, Jules, seeing the play happen. It was a routine play. It's a play that you've seen right. happen many times, right? Right. The thing that really freaked me out about it was the fact that DeMar attempted to stand up and then fell completely backwards. Like, you okay. could tell in that moment, he was lifeless. Yeah, yeah. And that's some scary shit, man. From the standpoint of football being a, a sport that I played since I was nine years old, right, till 20. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That when you see something like that, it puts things into perspective where it's like, we already knew this was a dangerous sport. We already know this is a violent sport. But, man, to see a guy that literally died on the field, like he died. Mm -hmm. They were working on him for over 10 minutes, CPR, AED, mm. to bring him back. They say he basically crashed twice. It put a lot of things in perspective to me, Jules, about this game. Mm -hmm. I would say the furthest thing from my mind right now is football, actually. Seeing that happen to him and the fact that the NFL, Jules, was like, quote-unquote, what we heard on the broadcast. They're going to give the teams five minutes to warm up and then go back out there and play. I'm like, their right. fucking teammate for the for the Bills just died on mm -hmm. the fucking field. Mm -hmm. You're going to give them five minutes to warm up and play a game again? Fuck that. Now the NFL tried to backtrack on this, saying we didn't put a time frame on anything. The NFL, we know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Jules and I, we have talked about you all for a wide range of things over the last couple of years on this show. I'm not going to put shit past y'all that that was not the call that you all made to give them five minutes to warm up after witnessing what they saw. Mm -hmm. We saw players on the field fucking crying, Jules. Because they well, see know what's what going on. They see the CPR that's being done. They're seeing that uh -huh. AED being administered to him. They ain't seen no shit like that before. I ain't seen nothing like that right. before. Right, right. You got to be a trained professional, someone like Jules that sees that stuff. Like my brother, who is a paramedic. Mm -hmm. Those people, they see that kind of stuff. It may not affect Jules or my brother the way that that shit affect guys like that. If I had seen that, it would have fucking freaked me out. I could even see what was going on, but I could see the reactions. I could see the fear on people's faces. Right. The fact that we've never seen a game legitimately, just basically just like, all right, we're not playing this game. That was some scary shit to put these in perspective. And I'm not even sure if I'm even going to watch the Bears game this Sunday. To be honest with you, Jules, mm. that's how much this well, whole thing is just, it's tough. It's really tough. That shit shook me a little bit. Unfortunately, that's the bad part about my job because I see it on a daily basis. I, so I saw it and my heart goes out to my prayers, but I'm not... You know, I've seen it so much. It's like, like, man, okay, I'm glad that he's 
he's getting better. It's still prayers to him. Um, but the reaction from people, that's why I'm like, okay, all right. So where we at? Because there was a lot of people like, I I never seen it. It's, it's done something to me. And I, I we don't know how we can watch football and what what do we do and stuff. And it's and it's like, wow, okay. This really it, it freaked people out, and rightfully so, because it's not easy to see somebody who flatline here right. suffer cardiac arrest. It's not easy. No. It's, it's 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 you can relate because you could you use you, 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 your heart goes out to that person. You see it. It wasn't a ba- it wasn't a bad hit, prayers. No, it, it was wasn't a, a bad hit. hit. It wasn't. It was it's routine, routine hit. hit. And when he got up and fell fell back on his back, and was like. You can see how it just shook people. And the last thing people would think about is football. Now, Chris, I'm, I'm a little lost on the five minutes. I heard I heard them say five minutes, then I heard they say they didn't. I, I, I don't know. But I'm glad somebody made the call and say, we're not going to resume the game. Well, you know who it was? The two who, coaches. Who, who, who. I don't know if you saw okay. it, Jules, but the two coaches, they started talking during the game. And we found okay. out that the Buffalo Bills coach said, we're not playing this game. He said, I want to go to the hospital and, and check on my player. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And that's the right call. And they all left the field. That's the right call. Mm-hmm. That was the right call. Because in that mm-hmm. moment, how are you going to play that game? And you wouldn't even know if this man has survived. How are you going to play a football game? You watched him die on the field. Mentally, you wouldn't be in the game. No. You'd be, you'd be, you'd be, you'd be with, you don't say with Hamlin. You'd be with your, your, uh, your, your teammate. You think about your teammate. I, I can't. Somebody you, you can relate it to somebody in your family getting sick and had to go to the hospital or a friend. You can relate it. You whatever you're doing, let's say you're at work and you get a, a bad call from home. You're not thinking about where you leave it. Yeah. You, this is just in a broader broader scale because you're in football and there's a whole team and crowds and you got the business behind it, all that. So no, the, the coaches, big, big shout out to them because I I, I didn't know what. You know, and I don't know if it's because something like this never happened before. Because a lot of people said this never happened, where somebody was had to do chest compression. The, the paramedics had to do chest compression for ten minutes. It's a shock therapy for ten minutes to revive to get a heartbeat, so he, you know, transport to the hospital. They saved it. They saved that man's life. They sure did. And and, that, and that's and that's one of the things too. Or I want our audience to realize that hey. You could be in a situation with your loved one where they may exhibit any sort of a sign of a stroke or some sort mm-hmm. of a cardiac arrest. You want to mm-hmm. understand how to do these things because, like Jules said, the medical personnel on, on, on hand there, they had to react man. quickly. Yes. And if they hadn't have been there, man, that man wouldn't be here. If they he hadn't have responded be. the way that they did, they wouldn't be here. And, and the thing is, Jules, this is such a freak occurrence that the tackle that he made, they said triggered that disruption in his heartbeat cycle. Right. You talking about milliseconds, right? Yes. I mean, at the right, not saying, you know, you know what I'm saying. The, 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 the hit where the heartbeat is, is contracted and he was able to get hit and it triggered a cardiac arrest. My God. How many times people get hit like that, though? Shit, I remember like times being lit up, like <laughs> blindside right. hits. You know what I'm saying? Like right directly to your chest. You know, you know and I think about how many hits I just got up from and like just shrugged it off. How many right. hits I delivered and just shrugged it off. 
I think that's why it's so jarring to me watching it. I was quiet, man, for a while. And it's all this. I know y'all over here got your little remarks like, man, Prez, you don't seem like you cried too many times. Well, I was quiet in that moment because I was trying right. to almost kind of like wrap my head around what I was seeing mm-hmm. and all the reports that were out there. And in my head, like, well, there's no way they're playing this game. Who cares about when they reschedule it? And then even I was listening to the, the announcers. They were even like, no, no one knew what to say. This was like one of right. those things where no right. one really knew what the fuck was going on. Like you had a man die on the football field. That's tough. You know, Priz, with that, uh, when you try to take something, something like this, okay, things happen like this. Where it, this is the first time it happened. We're going to learn from it. We're going to learn from it. Here, here's what we're going to do from now on. Because, right, exactly. It happened. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew what to do. Should we keep it five minutes, whatever the case may be, reschedule? But nobody knew what to do. So, I'm, you know, Goodell said it's not going to be, they're not going to, I believe he said it's not going to, they're not going to do the game. Yeah, they're not rescheduling. Right? They're not going to reschedule. Yeah. So, it's just, it's an unfortunate, an unfortunate thing. But when you look at it, if anything ever happened like this again, they'll be better prepared. I'm just we I know we all are just thankful that we, he, he's he wrote a note saying who won the game. That's where this man's mind was at. He wrote up talking about who who won the game and 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 and, and his friends he he won. Man, I you know, yeah, that, was going, a, that was a that was a tearjerker when, yeah. when I saw that when they when he asked that to the nurses and they like you won the game of life. You and won he the did, game. bro. He did. Right. And that's the thing, Jules, that I was talking about in the opening of this show. That's why when New Year's rolled around, it's not just another damn new year to me. You got a guy like this man that literally lost his life and he has a second chance of life. That uh-huh. shows you, hey man, <laughs> they ain't done with you, man. You're only 24 years old. No, no. There's a purpose. It's a deeper purpose, there's, man. My God, there's a purpose, man. We're not done yet. We're not done. And uh, I hope that he li- he. I hope that he lives each day with a purpose. Was given a second chance. Yes, sir. I want to just talk about some of the good that we saw that came from this. Now, Demar okay. had a, a, a charity, mm-hmm. and he was doing a toy drive, similar to what we've done in the past here on yeah. our platform. And I think it, before he got injured. That toy draft had a goal of like five thousand, and he had right. like twenty four hundred bucks in there. Right after this incident happened with him, man, come that on, that thing's over eight million dollars right now. Man, come on, why can't we come together like that when tragedy's not attached to it, dude? Prez, that's the question. Right, that's the question. Demar is still the same guy. Mm-hmm. True. That's the thing that I want people to think about. Be kind to people just because. You shouldn't be triggered to have to be kind. Just do it just because. That's always bothered me in this world. Now, I'm not taking away from how people came together and how, like, it was a beautiful thing. But it also made me sad, like, well, why did his toy drive only have $2,400 prior to him having a tragic occurrence? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I just that's I just want to sit there and let people think about that for a second. We've had toy drives that we've done. We've gotten really good right. response. 
But I know mm-hmm. everybody that listens to this show didn't hit us up and, and contribute for one reason or another. That's fine. But there's always things that you could be doing to give back. Think about how many curtain calls we do. We say, hey, it ain't about the money. Right. Mm-hmm. You can volunteer your time. There's always something you can do. And if you don't have the time, you can share it. Mm-hmm. That's what we always tell people. So I want us to take from that situation with DeMar that it's beautiful what you guys did, but we need to come together when it's not just tragic. Like, can we just come together just because we're just thinking about the next person? Right. I don't want somebody to donate to our charity because something tragic may have happened to me or Jules. I want you to do it because out of the goodness of your heart, you're like, I want to help and I want to give back to people. I just, I just think that we need to just, I think we need to just work on having more grace for each other, Jules, and not these moments of tragedy where it brings us together temporarily and then we go back to being pieces of shit where selfish and don't care about anybody. Do people relate it to like, oh man, they feel sorry and then, oh, he has this, oh, let's support this because you're absolutely right. It, wh- why does this man have to suffer a life, a, a possibly losing his life could you know he flatlined and to oh man let's give eight million dollars that is a lot of donation and and now i know they're appreciative but just just think if somebody was to do something we do something good somebody's doing something great for somebody press you take your time all the time to mentor kids somebody should hear that and be like let me sow into what press is doing or whatever Prez is doing, let me find out so I can do the same thing. You know, just all, just just because, because people out here that need it. A toy drop for kids, I mean, there's kids out here who suffer and don't, don't, have, don't have toys. Mm-hmm. You know, and here's somebody who wants to give somebody a great Christmas or whatever the case may be. Just, just a great life to have a piece of toy. Prez, we was, we was kids once. And we, the toy that we get, get is like life itself. Yeah. You know, I remember yeah, like little Ralphie, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. That Red Rider BB gun that was all he wanted. Uh, for, for us, it could have been it could have been like Megatron or Optimus Prime or Skeletor. You know, I'm yeah, I'm dating myself, but man. he he man for me, as everybody right. knows, right? Thundercats, a, a lion or something, man. You was a kid. You was like, you had Lionel. You was like, man, this is my man. Oh, you was, hey, you was that dude if you had that one. Nah, you was that dude. <laughs> you know, so, so why don't, why, you know, but those are the, but that's the satisfaction and that's the, the, the joy that he wants to bring to, to kids. Okay. All right. But if we do this thing, you know, we should, that's, that's, he was doing it off the grace of heart. He could have done it himself. He sure could Real talk. Mm-hmm. But no, you want to give other people opportunity. Hey, this is what I'm doing. You know, I, I think I think if we, I think if people can just just if people just think about the other person, we say it on the show all the time. If you just think about the other person and 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 what they don't have that you have, but you in the you but you can share that. It'd be just a far far better world. But, Perez, I just want to say, and and people listen to the show, I just want to say that, man. You hear preachers and pastors and saying God work in mysterious ways. I don't know if this was one of the ways where he wanted, you know, this this 
this happened to them, but the, the, the bright side of it is for people to donate. But like you said, prayers, we don't want people to revert back into, I, you know, I'm not going to, somebody asks, somebody else asks for something, I'm not going to do it. But if somebody, you know, asks for something and they get hurt or something bad happened, then we're going to give it. I, I just pray that this right here just open up people's eyes and, and realize, hey, no, we, let's just donate. Let's just don't let's help the if it's not even donation, but let's just help the other person out. And 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 that's just if you try to take anything from this, and then also with that, you also have this game of football itself, as you sitting there being entertained that these two these two teams are tearing each other apart to win the game, mm -hmm. but still have to remember that they're human beings down there. That's right. And we need to be we need to be more appreciative for them. They're putting their lives on the line. Absolutely. And you know, and we just need you know, just people just in, in just in general, just people just need to understand, like, hey, this thing, what they're doing for for us to so we enjoy, but we need to give them all the breaks that they need. If, they, if there's no game, we shouldn't be all upset. You know, because of course there's there was people that upset we couldn't say. I mean, it's a good game. Hell, that, hell, the Bills and 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 the Bengals. Oh, that was gonna be that was gonna be the game of the year. Too. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. But there are things and, and there are things that are more important than this game. And I think it just gives people a sense of reality. Like, man, when we watching this, we just we're just not watching two 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 teams trying to win. We 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 watching that, but also they're they're human beings, and we can respect the game more. And respect the players more better that way because because of this happened. I just I just just look at this like it happened. This happened. It was a, a freak hit, freak incident, and he went to a cardiac accident. We prayed that that he was getting better. He's getting better. He's getting better. We keep praying for. Him. But all right, let's look at this like 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 prayers we were talking about in life in the new year. Let's look at this and let's let's really put in perspective that hey, you know what life is. Life is, it, it supersedes everything. Mm -hmm. And we need to look at this like, hey, man, we, you know, this is just a game, but we can respect this. We can respect these players. We can respect the game, respect this player now because we know that no no matter what, it, it can be gone just like that. And I, I think that's how I looked at it. Uh, I've been looking at it like that, but I think it, it, it showed a different side to this game and a different side to players and a different side to, to this when, what that happened to uh to Mr. Hamlin. I mean, Jules, I think you brought up a point that I think a lot of people, when they're at these sporting events, because they got a little liquor in them, that they right. forget about. They forget about the human aspect, that these players have parents. I mean, DeMar Hamlin's mother was there at the game when this happened yes. to him. God. Can you imagine think how she was? Oh. She rode it. She got in, she got in the uh, ambulance. Yeah. But think about all the emotions that she probably was feeling. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Went went to, from pregame being down on the field taking pictures with him to thirty minutes, forty minutes later, she's in the ambulance. He's fighting for his life. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that audience, you guys, not just people just listening to the show, but just whoever catches mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. The human aspect can't be forgotten. Just because you paid money for a ticket to be entertained, that's one thing. But those are still human beings. Those are right. human beings that have people that love them. Some cases, husbands, you know what I mean? Fathers. We can't lose sight of that. 
because of that moment there, man, I feel like our humanity, we shot, we saw examples of us having humanity. When I saw those donations being given to his, his charity, I was like, wow, this is amazing. This shows you that we can be strong, we but we need to do this shit all the time and not pick and choose when we want to be that way. I talk about all the time, Jules, how divided things are, how people are always looking for an argument, looking to have something to say to people. You and I kind of joked about some things pre-show where we're talking about how people handle conflict nowadays. And it seems like everybody's just really quick to want to, oh, I want to do something to destroy this person. This person did something that um, disrespected me, so I'm going to get revenge on them. I'm going to get back at them. Mm. whatever happened to just say hey you know what me and this person we don't see eye to eye maybe one of us either needs to be mature enough to try to settle this beef squash it or leave the situation alone uh-huh true all the way around i think that we are all better together this hamlin injury him losing his life temporarily mm. This goes beyond yeah. football for me. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like the yes. same thing for Jules. Yes. Fuck football. I told y'all, I might not even watch. And that's coming from someone that played this game. I love football. I have another platform where I fucking get paid to talk sports. Right. Right. I want you guys to hear what I'm saying there. Seeing what happened to him, it put things in perspective for me. It's getting to the point, Jules, where I can't swallow any more of what the NFL has to do. I've already been fucking pissed off with the NFL about the lack of diversity. The fact that there's no African-American owners. About the fact when a black coach does get an opportunity, he gets fired after another year and then banished, never heard from again. Meanwhile, they recycle these same white coaches over and over again. When I'm in these media areas, I'm one of two black people there. You look around, you're Mm -hmm. like, so where are we? Why are we represented in these positions that matter? See, it's getting to the point, y'all. You got to stand for something or you die for nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting really close to that point with the NFL. When the fact that they sat up there and tried to say that they won't give those teams five minutes to warm up, bro, that's some heartless shit. That goes to show you mm-hmm. for them it's all about the bottom line and business and their sponsors. Right. Mm-hmm. The show must go on. It's heartless. And me, for one, I'm struggling with it because I can't support that. It was despicable. Do, do you think, I already know the answer, but do you think it's possible they just didn't know what to do? And just, hey, we'll, well take a timeout and just. It was uncharted territory, but but let's just think about this, Jules. Let's let's take mm-hmm. the, the, the NFL out of this. Okay. I'm sure they're getting reports that, hey, this guy's down on the field. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes they're working on him. He's flatlined. Yes. All the players are standing around there watching this. So let's just say this is a – take the NFL out of it. Let's just say it's blah, blah, blah organization. Right. You see something like that, I think it's one of those things of let's first of all pray and make sure that he gets in that ambulance and that – we can get him off the field, get him to the hospital, but let's get these players back to the locker room. 
there wouldn't have been an, an official announcement of I saw them. They were literally warming up while the, the ambulance was driving off the field. I'm like, wait, is this for real? Mm-hmm. That <laughs> they're giving them five minutes? And then that's when those I coaches came together and they made the decision to take their players off the field. See, if it would have been the NFL's choice or whatever, Jules, mm-hmm. they would have played that football game. Okay. Okay. No, that's fair. And, and and I'm with you. I'm just maybe somebody who would be listening would say, well, what, what? Because it's new. I mean, this never happened before. Maybe they right. just they didn't get it right, you know. But I'm Prez, I'm with you a hundred, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. But you know what? It's okay. a lot that they don't get right, and that's my problem with the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times people give them the benefit of the doubt so much, but they get so much wrong. And people continue to watch the product because we love football. But at right. a certain point mm-hmm. in time, we gotta love ourselves more than a fucking sport. And I'm yes. getting to, I'm getting very close. And Skip Bayless and his little punk ass tweet, and we Ooh. already been on Skip Bayless's fucking neck around here. Jules, that bullshit oh, that he put up, man. and you got people sitting over here apologizing for it, talking about read the whole tweet. I did read I, the whole tweet. Skip has been, I, I don't know if it's because I don't know if he's getting older and just, but those one of the things you'll need to, it don't be the only thing you need to tweet is, man, my prayers are going out to him and his family and the football family. You don't need to go in talking about, man, this is the game. And, you know, uh, you know, now it's, it seems irrelevant. And what, because first of all, you, you read the treat and you, you trying to you scratch your head. Like, wait, what, what, what are you saying? Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, and then he come back saying he's staying, he's not going to take it down. He stands on it. It's like, bro, come on, man. I, 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 I commend Shannon because He's he's sitting there across from the man hearing this, and it's like, bruh, you don't need to say it or t- nah, tweet it or whatever the case may be. Yeah, it's insensitive. It. Yeah, it's insensitive. All you have to say, man, my my heart, prayers, pr- put the praying hand, whatever the case. But that right there is just insensitive. That's all nah. it is. It's just insensitive. Mm-hmm. And the fact too, you knew Shannon wasn't fucking with Skip because he missed nah. the next day. Right. He didn't even show up. You know he was heated. Yeah. Shannon's a former player. Shannon already been on his neck, too, about some of the disrespect that he's done to former players. The disrespect that he did to Shannon about the Tom Brady situation. Right, right, right. So, you know, it's a little little It's rocky. personal. Yeah. And, and, and this is my thing, too. You could tell by looking at that show, them two don't have the same chemistry no more. No. Mm-mm. 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 And, and I did, I didn't like that as I like like that as skill. That's why prayers. I was like, I want to get your take on. It. I haven't played the game like that. You know what I'm saying? I I can't I can't com- I can comment after the hitting high failed and uh, but that's like Skip and Shannon. Skip gonna say, well, Brady, play, he's 45 still play. Bro, you haven't played the game. You never played. <laughs> and what he did play, he wasn't good at. <laughs> right, you you a bum. Let's be honest. You're wrong. You didn't play. You didn't play the game. So, frankly, your your you know, saying your 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 opinion really, you know, saying don't hold any weight. None. Pretty much keep what you what you have to say. And honestly, Jules, I be I be feeling that way about a lot of cats, man. That always uh got something to say. They never played any sort of sport past fucking the playground. Uh huh. But you got an opinion on. Justin Fields, you got a opinion on this person. You got a mm-hmm. opinion on that person. Know so much about all these people, 
but you never played the sport. How you gonna know something about something? You weren't right. good at it. Right. You always watched people. You ain't play. And I kind of feel like when I see the media now and I see more of these former athletes in the media, I love seeing that because these guys can give you the real. Right. Ryan Clark spoke. Exactly. He spoke from the real. He talked about his own personal circumstances when he was a player and his medical concerns. But he uh -huh. talked about the fact that that's a brotherhood and a fraternity. Right. And see, people outside that will never understand that. See, when you have this a regular media person that went to school for it, no, not disrespecting those folks. But if right. you didn't play mm -hmm. the sport, if you didn't freaking, if you just sit up there and do the blood, sweat, and tears thing, then you don't get it. Right. Where you was going to be all about journalistic integrity and, oh, my God, what are they going to do? They're going to postpone for – how is this going to happen? The outcome of the regular season is 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 needed because of this – he's thinking about all this other bullshit where everybody else is like, what are you doing, bro? Right. He's looking at it from the, 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 the game and the business aspect. My man died on the field. That's what you need to focus on. My man wasn't focused on that. He's looking at no. the glass half, half empty, half full, however you want to say it. Instead of looking at the, the the broader picture, the full glass, the full glass, my man died. My man died on the field. Just a decent human being can see this, but you worried about the game and and uh, who's going to be first and all that. It, who cares? Who cares? And then skip, for you to for you to he should have took that damn tweet down. He should have took it down. He uh, he gave some you know. Some type of apology or explanation, whatever, when he was on there by himself. But I, it, but, he, but, but he came back saying he's not going to take it down. Is which is like, dude, come on. You know, sometimes you just, <laughs> what, do you, what do you do with that, Perez? What do you do with that? What do you do with him, man? I mean, what do you do with people like that? It's just, just don't get it. No, he don't get it. And he makes Fox so much money. They're not going to do anything about it. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's reckless, in my mm -hmm. opinion. And it just goes to show you, that's what I'm saying about, those are the attitudes of not just a Skip Bayless. It was a lot of people that was worried about themselves. It was people talking about their fantasy football championships. Right. Like, what do we do with our, fuck your $400 that you're going to win on a family, fantasy football mm -hmm. championship. Mm -hmm. A man died. Mm -hmm. We you, you saw a man collapse on the fucking football field. Like I said, Jules, that's something that's going to stick with me for a while. And I'm not just saying that. That shit really triggered me. Like, I never seen nothing like that in my life, you know, on a fucking football field. A game that I played, man, a routine right. tackle that I've made uh -huh. many times. Mm -hmm. And in this sport, everybody's talking about head injuries, and we're all focused on concussions and CTE. And then you have a situation mm -hmm. like this happen, and now it puts it into perspective. Well, are we not now keeping track of an injury like this that could happen again? What are we doing with the shoulder pads to make sure that it's protecting right. people in their chest right. area? That's a good point. That's a good point you made, Perez. Right. Right. So we now to the the the, the league go back and re-examine these the the chest plate, the shoulder pad. Uh, is it is it thick enough or is it secure enough or does mm -hmm. it provide, you know, uh adequate type protection for your chest? So I'm pretty sure I, well, I hope I'm you know, they're gonna re they gonna look at that and see what can they do different now. Man, it's just, I, I know one thing. Listen, I'm just, we're just so glad that, you know, he's getting better. I heard, I heard, I heard he was wiggling his toes and 
and fingers and writing and you know had a, breathing, you know had a sense of humor who won the game i mean yep. come on we he, are he just facetime so, with his team you know what i'm saying oh, did, progress perfect perfect you know so we we not gonna we not gonna let the skip balances of the world right. distract from this man's story mm-hmm. skip Bayless is disrespectful we know that we also nothing's gonna we know nothing's gonna happen to him that's the way it works he's a white man in corporate america they're not going to do nothing. He's going to get away with that shit. He's going to continue to get away with disrespecting black men. Now, if he would have done that to someone else, there would be even more of an outrage. Nothing's going to happen to Skip Bayless. He's at that desk the next day work. Who? <laughs> yeah, Prez, that right there. Mm. We, had, okay. we had our brother Kyrie out here. Y'all wanted this man to apologize to everybody under the moon. Skip over here. He went on TV and told you no one had a problem with it. He ain't taking it down. He looked at Shannon like Shannon was the problem. Right. <laughs> now it goes back to show you, Prez. I I may be step, I may be out of bounds, but what I'm seeing, he don't respect Shannon. He definitely don't respect. He don't Shannon. respect Shannon. He don't respect Shannon. He don't. If Shannon thought they had a brotherhood or a friendship or whatever, or family or family, oh well, you he showed you right then and there. No. No. He showed you. Yeah. When he when Shannon was trying to talk, this this is something that bothered him. And he trying to tell the world, you know, explain to the world what happened and skip one interject and you know, oh no, I'm not taking down, stand behind what I said. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> It would took everything for me not to either walk off the stage, walk off the 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 the, the chair, or go over there and, and, and do something to him. Because here's a certain prayers you talking to me, something that's bothering you so much to a point it, it, it affects it affects you. You you you're going through something. And it, it and I'm saying I don't I don't care. I couldn't I couldn't be him. I couldn't have been. And that goes to show you that you know for whatever reason, man, Shannon, he 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 a better one than uh Ooh. than me. He a better one than me because, like I said, Jules, uh, not all men are created equal. Mm-hmm. Fuck that job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, what you what you say, you gotta stand for something, right? You got to stand for something, bro. You gotta stand for something. That'd have been the time to say, you know what? I'd look in that camera like. Bro, it's been it's been good being on this show. I appreciate everybody for listening and watching. <laughs> well, I'm about to do something. I, I tell you one thing, man. I, I'm uh-huh. right to the point that you made. I'm really happy that Brother Hamlin, yes, yes. is back responsive again, man. I'm mm-hmm. glad, man, that his family doesn't have to. Because I'm sure they were thinking, man, the worst, you know. Because what, what you gonna think in that situation? Like you don't know what's gonna happen. That it's that escalated so quickly, right? So right. it's just one of those things, audience, that we we just can't take these things for, for granted. We can't take these things for granted. We can't take life for granted. And some things are more important in the game. And I can't even believe yes. that I'm saying that, but 
it just put a lot of things in perspective. Every year around this time, Jules, we think you're ready for the mm-hmm. playoffs. Well, at least not in Chicago, mm-hmm. that is. But for fans, we're <laughs> looking at playoffs happening for other teams. <laughs> but yeah, we, 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 we watch it. <laughs> we watch it from the outside, right? <laughs> but we talk about the Super Bowl, having the Super Bowl parties. I just don't know, man, if it's going to hit the same way for me. I don't know if it's just this is just still Thursday still like weighing on me, man. But it's just like right now, I'm not really looking at the game like I really looked at. I've been focusing on basketball a lot more lately than I have been on football. After that that uh, happened, I'm just kind of like, ugh, I don't, I don't know, Jules. I, I just don't know. It, I, I, you know, I, I get you. I get you. It, it's, the, it's the disdain right now because because behind the scenes, you think the NFL – is more about the business and their endorsers and all that stuff. Okay. All right. But you know what? Be that as it may, they're going to get out there. They're going to play. And then there's a new sense of uh, respect that people have on this game. And, 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 and it might take a while. It might take a week or two, but I, I feel you're going to, I feel you and, and other, and others going to get back to it. Like, okay. But now there's a different type of respect I, I believe people will have watching the game now. When they see a hit, okay, is it, is it good? When they, re, they respect it, they respect the play. They respect what these, what these players are doing. You know, they're risking their lives and their bodies and, 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 and to, to, to get the extra yard, to get the win. You know, I think it's going to be a, a greater respect now for this game because of what happened. And, and, and I think... Hey, everybody, I, we pray that he's getting better. That's good. So now what, what he's getting better to recuperate, you know, they, of course, life goes on and team's going to go out there and play. I think now there's going to be a better perspective on, on the game now. No, there will be. And I know a lot of people have been saying, well, do you think he'll play again and, and all that kind of stuff? I'm like, man, this brother right here oh, shit, is probably tough. appreciative of the fact that he has life again. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. So I think that <laughs> that's something he's probably going to take a day at a time. But I think right now for him is just getting back to being mm-hmm. full strength. Right. Right. But I tell you, if it were me at 24 and I survived something like that, hmm. man, I don't know if you're getting me back on the football field. I'm just, just yeah. being honest. No, you're right. No, that, that I can I can see how that kind of that can rattle you, and you know you thinking the next hit, the next play is it going to happen again? So, yeah, because it'll be yeah. in the back of your mind, right? And then then if you thinking that, you can potentially can hurt yourself because now you 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 holding up and you got a person coming at you full speed. Yeah. So so that's one of them things. If your mind ain't in it, if it's hey, bro, you got second chance of life. You're young. There's uh, plenty of other things you, you know saying you can get into just in case just in case now if you don't want to get back out, if you're gonna get back out there it's your decision but you know because Jules says yeah, you know this just like everybody else knows this football is not the sport to play half speed so mm. <laughs> man bro Hell <laughs> no so obviously audience just in the, in the spirit of this episode with us speaking about Damar Hamlin and his recovery we thought this episode would be applicable for us to talk about some of the life-saving skills that a lot of people in the world maybe don't have or maybe some people mm-hmm. don't even realize, you know, Jules. So, like, for you, obviously, being in law enforcement, working with the fire department and the various rescue teams out there, I'm sure these are things that you've done firsthand. So, like, for us, the CPR. A lot of people in this world, Jules, don't even know how to administer CPR. 
you know, uh, prayers for, for uh, law enforcement, we go through this training called LEMART training. It's, and it's called law, it stands for Law Enforcement Medical Assistant Resuscitation Training. We, we go and have training on uh, CPR training, Heimlich, remove, uh, Heimlich uh, training, just in case somebody choke. Yep, mm -hmm. just in case somebody is choking on something, uh, adult or, or baby. Uh, tourniquets, how to put on a tourniquet just in case somebody's bleeding out uh, real bad from their legs or their arm, uh, just in case somebody gets shot. I mean, it's, it's, good, it's good training. We get it once a year, and it's great training. I wish we pretty much have it twice a year because those are things that we need, you know, with the example of DeMar Hamlin. The doctors credit the fire and the, and the response team that was there on, on scene, on the field, to save, to save this young man's life. And, and it, listen, it's not rocket science, people. Listen, when you see somebody fall out like, like DeMar did or somebody who's, not, who's unconscious, who's not responsive, not responding, who's not breathing, that's, that's the time to start a mission, uh, CPR. Because without that oxygen going to the brain and to the body, you know, essentially that person will, will pass away because lack of do lack of oxygen or right. be a type state. The training is, it, and it's, there's training all over. I mean, you get on your phone and look up CPR training and it take, a, you know, a few days or maybe a week. It's not long. And those little bit of technique and them skills can potentially uh, save somebody's life. Yeah, I mean, Jules, like in the situation with Demar. I mean, we we heard where they say, "Hey, his heart stops," and if those mm -hmm, people yes. were quick to respond with the CPR, with the AED, which is also another thing, Jules, that I've not had any familiarity with. I've seen the devices, you know, when I've been at the hospital, I've seen those devices, like if I'm at, you know, uh, one of the games that I'm covering, but I'm not familiar how that thing worked. But that, in essence, is what saved Demar's life because they kind of gave that heart. A little bit of a shock to kind of get it back, right? You know, pumping right. And, and, and and you know beating again. And prayers, I totally forgot about the defibrillator because them things don't even ask me how to spell. <laughs> Man. <laughs> but yeah, shock treatment. Oh my goodness! Uh, as far as uh, medicine, model model medicine, uh, just advanced and it's involved throughout the years. Where nowadays in CPR training, they don't even tell you to to even. You don't even have to uh, blow a uh, 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 breath into the person's body. Just start chest compression. Um, and with the chest compression, they will tell you that, it, it, it's, I mean, there's nothing pleasant about it. You know, sometimes the chest, the chest, the, 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 the ribs break. Sometimes it fractures. Mm, okay. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to pump that thing and you get tired. Because they have us on, you know, the dumb, you know, the dummies. And just think you have to lock your hands together. Elbows have to be locked in. And you're on top and you're just on the side where the, where the chest plate rises, where the chest plate, right in the center where the chest bone is at. And you're just pumping, pumping. And you and there's a steady beat, a steady flow. And then you, you, you time it. And then when you get tired, you have somebody else like, all right, let's switch. And just until paramedics arrive. First and foremost, I will say definitely call, definitely call nine one one. You know, let them know what you have, and then start to mention that CPR just in case somebody stop, uh, stop breathing. 
because it, it like I said, it, it helps and it, it, you know, you can save a person's life that way. I mean, but, but with, with, with that, what I was saying earlier, at one point you lift the, you lift the chin up, you know, so you can administer some, some breath into the person's body. But now you they just want you just to, just to use chest compressions. Now, Jules, just, you know, for people in the audience is listening to this and they haven't taken a class and they're kind of like, man, what would I do in this situation? First of all, what is the first thing that you do when you're kind of like assessing that situation? Because you obviously got to check the signs of life, right? Right. Check for the pulse and all that. So yes. what kind of goes into that for you guys? So so when I come on the scene and somebody call saying with medical emergency, if I get, the, if we the, please get there before fire, um, if the person's unresponsive, We'll see if he if he if he's breathing. First of all, first and foremost, we check the pulse and that you know like, you know the side of the neck, or you can you can feel the heartbeat. You know, of course, there's a pulse on the wrist, the side of the neck, or you can put some underneath the person. No, I I seen one 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 guy put some glasses see if the person breathing. But you you can tell if somebody breathing or not. Uh, but whether the pulse is weak or not is the that's the a different uh, uh, story. But Check and see if the person is uh, responsive. If not, check and see if he's uh, breathing. If not, definitely before uh, before all that, call call for the emergency services. Call for uh for for fire for ambulance service to come out to that location. Let them know what you have because sometimes a lot of times they will go over and tell you what to do. They will ask what's the condition of the of the patient. They say, well, he's not responding and his pulse is weak or he's not breathing. And then then they will talk talk. To you, talk through you what to do next. Don't do, of course, don't do CPR on the bed. You need to put them down, him, him or her, on a flat, on a hard surface. We we found that out with Michael Jackson's uh, case. That's right. Because they was doing CPR, he was on the bed, and they was like, no, nah, no, nah, because he, he ain't doing nothing. So nah. put them on a flat surface, hard surface. Um, but like I said, they will go through. They will tell you step by step what to do. Lay them on the floor. Hear, hear his heart. You can put your ear down, see if you can hear that heartbeat. If not, start a mission, CP, start a mission CPR until fire get there. You do that thing until fire get there so they can take over. And that could be, that could be a minute. Now, <laughs> Prez, I ain't gonna lie. When I was doing that training, you're thinking, okay, I can last, you know, 20, 30, 40 seconds a minute. You're in there, you pumping and stuff. Like, whoo, you working up a sweat. <laughs> Man. So that's why it's like good to also have somebody to with you to see if anybody else know any medical uh, assistance that can that can assist you. You know, saying just in case you need a timeout, somebody can come in and take over just until uh, medical services arrive. Well, Jules, I think that's good feedback because I think a lot of people don't uh, take into consideration that that's very physical. And it's very, you know, it's the, the adrenaline is pumping in those type of situations. That's a lot to bring somebody back to life, right? And that's why when I, you know, when I saw the situation with Damar, we heard about what those medical personnel people did to bring him back to life. Uh -huh. Listening to some of the stories that you talk about, I thought like, man, like this is stuff that's like so far out of the rail for me. I've never done CPR on anybody. I had to do one of those classes. Right. That's what them, right. Because, dude, if I mm -hmm. fear in real life, if I were in that situation, I'd probably break somebody's fucking chest because you know how that dummy thing that, you know, you could you could pretty much get on that thing pretty aggressively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can you can go to work with that. Yeah. yeah. 
And I feel that like if I was in that situation, Jules, my adrenaline would take over. You know what I mean? So I'm like, ooh. I was like, I'll probably no, be the one, you know, I'll be I'll be the one on that call. <laughs> right. You know, Prince, that's that's the, the part that trip you out. You're like, whoa. Cause they said, yeah, some instances your your the, that person, that victim chest plate will be bruised. Some even cases there'll be a fracture. But they look at it's better than the other alternative. You That's know what I'm true. saying? It's better. You know true. what I'm saying? That is true. Now, Jules, you talked earlier about the bandaging, right? And um, we talked on a previous episode when we were talking about you know surviving a mass murder type of scenario, and I right. talked about the tourniquet and some of the ways that you can stop bleeding in some of these situations. And I thought that was good that you brought that up because we want to remind people that that's another way that you can save a life, right? By, yes. if you see someone that's bleeding out, man, if mm -hmm. you can get that bleeding under control and prevent, like, major blood loss, Jules, I, you know, Jules, you can tell people from your experience, when you go to a scene and you see someone that's in a, you know, a bad situation like that, that blood loss, that's... <laughs> you know, uh, blood flow to the brain or just major arteries uh -huh. and major body, you know, parts that are just not getting what they need. Yeah, so I, I man, just this the past summer of uh 22, I think it was around July, August, a dude got stabbed in the park and he was bleeding out. So first thing, get there, uh, you know, the first thing, get there, dude was just, just walking around and just, you know, and, and rightfully so. Dudes in shock that didn't know what to do and people just standing around. There's some people videotaping, which irked the hell out of me. I'm like, well, I say, okay. <laughs> so I grabbed, so I grabbed, I said, dude, sit still. Cause the more you, the adrenaline is going, the more the blood is, the heart is pumping and blood is leaking. Mm -hmm. So you have to, uh, you know, it's, it's easier said than done. But I said, brother, you, I had to calm this dude down. I said, man, relax, sit down. Do you keep moving that blood? That heart is pumping, and you gonna just, 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 just sit down, brother. Come here. And, you, gonna, um, you gonna bleed out, right? So, lift his arm. I put the tourniquet on. Strap it tight. Turn it till it stops. You got. You know what I'm saying? I know everybody wore a pair of socks or a shirt or something like that's tight, and and you feel that, that your your feet get numb because. You have on maybe some winter thermal socks and some thermos, and it's cutting off the circulation a little bit. And you have to take that, you have to roll your sock down so you can get some some blood in it. Or another example, you sleeping on your arm and you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't feel it. <laughs> so that's how that's how tight that tourniquet have to be, where that person's arm is just shut. You cut off all the circulation from their arm so you can stop that dude from bleeding until you get to the hospital and then they can do their thing where they can, you know, sew that wound up so they can get blood pumping back in there. But Jules, prayers, why we don't have a turkey kit? This question. Good question. So a lot of people take a belt. If you have a belt, uh, you can put a belt around your arm, around your leg, where the main arteries is at and yank on that belt till it's real tight. And then some, some instances you can get a stick and twist it so it can be even more tighter because you want that thing as tight as possible because you want to cut that, you want to cut the circulation off of that, that body part. And then, you know, the ambulance came in, they took him to the hospital and he was all good. Now, how long do you have to apply pressure or keep that tourniquet on uh, there? You know what, we can't, it, it'll stop. So the good, the good thing with the tourniquet, it, it'll, it, I think, I want to say, man, I want to say maybe, ooh, half an hour 
Okay. I'll say half an hour, but but you want to do as fast as, as possible to have it on there so medical teams can come and take them to the hospital so they can sew that, so they can address that wound, sew it, so they can get blood circulation back on there. Because in, in some cases, if you believe on it too long, you have to amputate that, that body part. So time is of the essence with everything. Time is of the essence, just like Mr. Hamlet. Time was of the essence. They got out there immediately. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Uh, yeah. Now, Jules, another question that when we talking about stopping bleeding in these type of scenarios, is there a particular way that the person should do it? Like, should they be, you know, so say for instance, if it's a leg injury, like where should that tourniquet be applied? Oh. Like, is there a certain place that you want to make sure that you put in everything? Prayers, man. Good question, dude. So, yeah, the highest, the, 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 the higher you go, the, the better. So if it's on the leg, you want to go all the way up to close to that groin area. If it's okay. the arm, you want to go all the way up there to the armpit. Oh, so the, okay. highest, the highest point of that leg or the arm. Yep. You strap it on there, and that right there, you stop it off. From, so it's almost like you stop it off from, you bottleneck it from the, from, the top, from the top. And then it'll just cut everything off until, you know, until the doctors do what they have to do. Okay. Now, you talked earlier about the Heimlich maneuver. That's obviously what I've never seen done in person or anything like that. I'm not sure if you've ever had to administer that or so on. I've always just seen it on the TV shows and shit mm-hmm. like that. Somebody's choking. Now, with that one, what's the, I guess, the best way to do that, Jules? Like, do, is there a certain area where you go behind the person? Is it a certain area where you're supposed to go and apply the pressure to get whatever dislodged? Yeah, so you, you go behind the person, and it's like you take your your the back of your let's say your your thumb knuckle or so let's say your thumb knuckle, the knuckle of your thumb. Okay, that's what you use. That's what you use to pretty much just squeeze the the crap out of that person. And, and you, when you get behind them, you place that underneath, just right, just right underneath the uh, belly button. Okay, so it's like in the abdominal areas right. where you want to apply yep. the pressure. Okay. When you want to apply that pressure, you want to use the back of your thumb, the back of your thumb, right or left hand, doesn't matter. And and you want to go underneath that belly button and you just want to, just like you squeezing the mess out of somebody because you want to get whatever's in that, in that, in that windpipe, you want to get it up. So, of course, you know, it, it's, some, it's some force to it, but you're trying to clear that airway so that person can breathe. Now, how many attempts do you make when you when you try? Yeah, until yeah, that thing is to that thing is out of there. Well, what happens if it don't dislodge? Then what do you do then? Now, if it don't, now, if it don't dislodge, we, yeah, we definitely call it nine one one. I never seen it not dislodge. Okay, that's good. you know what I'm okay. saying. Okay, so you say but, with the, the method that you utilize, that's uh-huh. generally like a go to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious, like if there's like another way, like if there's a, something else in the training. That they tell you, like, hey, you know, try this other method if, if this doesn't work. But yeah, just, just curious, just trying to get the audience just some things for them to kind of think about if they ever get in some of these situations. But you know what, Press? If I would definitely on the next show, I'll, you know, so I'll holler at the, the EMS guys and get an uh, answer for that. If just okay. in case the Heimlich move don't work. And then mm-hmm. I will I'll explain it uh, on the next show. Yeah, that'd be good, man. That'd be good. Now, Anything for burns, because I think that's also something else that I don't have much experience with. We see a lot of these fires. We see a lot of situations where you have a burn victim. 
what's mm-hmm. I guess the best way if it were like just say Joe Schmo that comes across someone that suffers some severe burns? Like what's what's the trend in there, Jules? Uh, so I'm trying to trying to think because with burn victims, I I, I don't think it's much uh far as I think when you go to your, your normal st- uh, pharmacy Walgreens or whatever and and you get like like burn gel a lot of people put uh uh butter neosporin you know pretty much you're just going to the hospital at that case because it's not much it's nothing it's not like you can put anything over it so don't cover it don't dress it I would say put you know burn gel uh old remedies of course butter anything like that something like that and and just get to the hospital because they will have to they will have to treat that of course because they uh the the skin will will burn and also you got different degrees of uh burn you know because the you know first second third i think third degree is the most yeah that's the most severe but that's the most because that's where i'm kind of warning jules because what you kind of describing is more of the minor burn but what happens with a serious one because like what happens if let's just say for instance we got somebody in our audience is listening to this and they're in the house and they get out of the house but they have uh, their loved one that's been severely burned like what can they do in that interim while the police and everybody is getting there yeah i, I would just you know what i would just say just keep everything away from that area okay. because it's real sensitive just keep everything off the area don't 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 dress it and just wait on paramedics uh to arrive so obviously like if you yeah. see the person try to what to smolder them off right. and then just and to keep them what to keep them dry or yeah what's... keep it yeah keep it dry because like I said, if you put anything on it, it might stick, and then you tear skin off. It'll just create oh. a better. It'll just create more of a, a, a more of a pain. First of all, then you you tear skin, so it's a, a you know you're doing things. Uh, you're creating a more of a a, a, a a disservice than anything. So in that case, second or that, third degree, that makes sense. Uh, second third degree, just make sure you just keep it keep it dry. Keep it keep, you know all obviously don't have anything on it and just wait till services arrive because you know you don't want to create a better i mean you don't want to create more of a problem than, than you have to you have already because i know like uh for instance like i've had like a couple of those minor little burns uh-huh. and whatnot and what i've mm-hmm. done for that is i'll just run like cold water on it you know what i yep. mean and, mm-hmm. and and do some of the things that you mentioned like the little over-the-counter type of, of things but i just wondered in these severe situations because it's something i've always been curious about I'm like man how could i ever help someone if i come across somebody that's a burn victim so that's one of those ones, like you said, Jules, like, you know, just definitely get uh, emergency personnel there. But just like mm-hmm. there's little things you could probably do, whether it's, you know, making sure that the person, you know, is not on fire anymore. So maybe smoke right. that uh-huh. out. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, but I was just wondering if there was other things you could do in the in the meantime. Right. Because like as we see with the situation with DeMar Hamlin, minutes count. Just get EMS, uh, get EMS there as, as fast as you can. And. And um, just make sure, like you say, press. You know, the person is 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 not. You know, the, the fire is out. Um, open. You know, pretty much open up that area. Like if it's uh, if it's uh, 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 he has some clothes or something. You know, you can take the clothes off. But if it's stuck to the skin, leave it. So the mm. so the professionals can do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You don't want to start snatching stuff. You know, ripping stuff off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's good feedback there as well. And see, all this, that's why we wanted to do this show, because there's a lot of things like this when I see situations that come up on the news and I'm like, 
man, what would I do if I were in that situation, right? And I've always kind of thought about that. And the situation with DeMar Hamlin, it really put it on my radar. And I'm like, man, we got to do a uh -huh. show like this. And I wanted to tap you in because of your expertise in these areas. Mm -hmm. Because I have taken CPR. That was like 10 years ago when I took it. You know, I probably need to do a refresher course on it. But the one thing I would tell the audience listening to this episode, you don't need to be certified as CPR to administer it. You know what I mean? No. Because like what Jules mm -hmm. mentioned to you, if you come across someone, check for signs of life, like he mentioned. Yes. Call into uh, the, the 911. They can walk you through everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's different things that you can do in these situations to make sure that you can be a help or a service to someone. The Heimlich Remover, the Heimlich Remover like Jules mentioned, right? Go behind the person. He said that that thumb knuckle area to the abdominal area, five thrusts, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And hopefully, you know, you can dislodge the, the, the situation that the person is going through. But these things that we're talking about, you never know when you can find yourself in a situation where you have a medical emergency or a medical situation. And these are the things you want to be prepared for because it could be your husband, your wife, you know, your kids, you know, mm -hmm. oh my God, you know. Think about how many times like there's these emergencies with kids and parents panic and freak out because, you know, there's the emotion there, but they just don't know. So we want to do this show just to kind of educate people a little bit. Hey, utilize the Internet. Go Google these things. That way you can make sure that you're up to speed on it. Take a, a local CPR class. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? These are things that you can do. I mean, a lot of times these classes are offered in your neighborhoods, like the churches and different uh, organizations will host like a CPR class. You know what I mean? So just take advantage of these resources because you never know when it'll come in handy for you. Because I'll tell you one thing, man, Jules, after that DeMar Hamlin situation, man, regardless of any type of circumstance that out there. Oh, no, man. Prayers, man. Real talk. It's, it's, it's rough to see. But my first, if I want to tell anybody who's listening, just, just relax and don't panic. A lot of people, like you said, press get their training because a lot of people just don't know what to do, and they panic, and they panic to a, to a point where the simplest thing you can do is just call nine one one. So I just want to make sure people just understand that you calling nine one one is you you helping. Even if you know anything else, call nine one one. Let the let the operator know what's going on, how what kind of condition the the patient's in, and. That's first and foremost. Make sure you give the, the the right location. That's big, and 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 with you doing that, you you helping to possibly save that person's life. So, like Perez said, you don't have to learn all. You don't have to be certified in all this stuff to do. When you take an action by calling, that's you helping. Jules, gonna hit him with that curtain call, bruh. Perez's curtain call goes out to Chicago Post. Chicago Post provide high quality CPR training to the north and south sides of Chicago. Wisconsin and Indiana areas. They are a BLS, ACLS, and PLS training center approved by the American Heart Association that offers professional life-saving basic life support, advanced cardiac life support, pediatric advanced life support, and CPR, AED, and first aid training classes. Chicago Pulse, President I Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast family would like to support and salute you for all your hard work. And audience, just on the heels of this discussion that we had today, if you guys don't, have those CPR skills. This is one of those type of organizations that can help you guys. They can teach you. It'd be a great resource. And obviously, you know, you never know you're thrown into a situation where you can save someone's life. We appreciate you continue supporting this platform. Without you, we wouldn't be. We're the Pulling Back the Curtain Podcast. Thanks for listening.